So, thanks for being here, man. Fuck, it's a real pleasure. Finally got you on the microphone after after like six months of you buying microphones and you coming to the, the party and, and you being interested to chat with me. Um, I really appreciate it. I want to be like as informal as possible. Um, but man, I, I just want to have you on our show. And unfortunately, John's not here and normally he would be. We we're kind of running this podcast as like a show and John and I are like the host, whatever. Um, man, it's just good to have you here and chat and the idea for today, I think, is talk about whatever you want, and hopefully whoever's listening can find some value out of it. And I think you mentioned that you want to talk about um, habits and and patterns, and it's something that you've taught me a lot about, especially my thinking habits. Um, so I think we could probably start with that, and we can talk about habits and, and um, thinking patterns. Let me ask you, like, what can you tell me about thinking patterns, and how do they affect your overall state? yeah cheers uh cheers steve thanks for having me on and you can call me jd um, all right i'd be happy to call you jd yeah yeah um but yeah to be a, it's a pleasure man and an honor to um to be on board um you've been creating some good stuff and yeah i've enjoyed hearing you and john uh thrash out some stuff and and, and alan as well um but yeah as far as um Behavioral patterns or thinking patterns? Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, we're just... The key, I think, is uh, observation. I think that's what comes to mind when you ask that question. Um, if we can observe, that's um, the one thing I've learned. Uh, I think it gives you a great amount of power and insight uh, just to to be the observer. It's a bit of an old cliche and you know, it's been bantied around a bit um to be the observer but i never really understood it uh until i got it i practiced it and then i got it so to be the observer really is to 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 live outside yourself looking back in um and it's a nice little trick i think um that can really help you uh become keenly aware of uh how you think how you operate uh and your thought patterns and your behavioral patterns and also just how fucked up the human brain can be um particularly the the mind and i think uh once we start to observe then we can really we can kind of break it down and we can pull it apart a little bit we can see what works well and and what's fundamentally um causing us uh you know anguish and i think uh i think that's the key to 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 observe what has always been occurring which is the human thinking and the human um mind at work and i think um i think we have a, a real habitual nature of uh, of thinking i think it's kind of human intellect has gone so far now that we think a lot. I'm, I'm sure my dog doesn't think as much as I do. Doesn't ruminate. It just it's it's pretty present to its life, you know. Once it's been fed, and then it's pretty content. And I think uh, I think that's probably been the big shift for me. If I spoke to you five years ago, is the power of the observation, and and I had to get a tip on it from someone that knew more than me, and it was a really 
long drawn out task to actually be able to do this skill. Um, but I became competent at it and I realized the power that was there. So I became better at it. And ultimately it's, um, it's been, been great for me. You don't always do say or think the right thing, but if you can observe yourself, then there is room for vast improvement. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So while I'm observing myself think, what should I be looking for? Am I trying to eliminate negative thoughts? Am I trying to just be aware of what I think? Am I trying to, um, Am I trying to establish new thinking patterns or just observing? Can that change? Um, can that change my thinking patterns? What have you kind of found? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, uh, that's a good question and it's kind of multi-layered, but the first, the first, like a newborn baby or anything else, the first thing is to acquire the skill to observe. Um, and, and, and it has to be quite conscious I think if you acquire that skill, then you're like, okay, wow. That that then brings you into kind of the domain where you're the observer and that in itself can be pretty cool because you've detached yourself, you know, from from your mind, you know, the, the old expression, you are not your mind. And a lot of this has been covered and we'll probably talk a little bit more personally uh, as to you know kind of what people can do or you know what they can extract from from these kind of good habits but to answer your question if you observe first and foremost if you get that shit down pat then you are a baby that's now walking that's pretty cool and that's a little bit liberating then you can look at what you're thinking about and you can you can laugh because it's so fundamentally fucked up as far as you you're thinking about something you cannot do anything about right when you're thinking about it. If you're in traffic and you're thinking about, you know, your boss and how much of a jerk they are or, you know, your partner or the fact that you're too fat, too skinny, you can't do anything about it when you're in traffic. You can make a note to yourself that when you're out of traffic, you can call your boss or you can join the membership of the gym and get better. But we are constantly thinking about things that we can absolutely not do anything about. And you can take that further to ruminating about the past, which you have, you can't undo. Uh, and this is, this is a, a great burden for, for any human is to, to think uh, and to give time and energy to something that has gone. Um, so to loop back to your question, um, if you observe, first and foremost, you know, you're walking, you're killing it. Um, good things will come. Uh, you can take the opportunity to, to chuckle uh, and make light because it is that humorous. The human mind can be that that fucked up that, you know, you have to laugh because, you know, why be so annoyed? Um, but that's, that's, the, that's the loops we run. That's the records that we play in our head. Um, but then if you move further and you observe and you want to take action, then, then you're on a kind of a winning path where you can start to catch yourself. Um, and, and 
at times you might be in traffic or you might be in a meeting or you might be just having a cup of tea and you know suddenly you've been thinking for five minutes about something you, you don't, really don't plan on doing anything about you just want to fucking ruminate um so if you can catch yourself you can take that down to five minutes two minutes and sooner or later you're starting to think about something and your conscious self will just it'll cut you off and you'll be like what's this this is this is pointless what's not pointless is drinking the cup of tea smelling how good it is observing what's around you being absolutely present we all know it we don't do it so much because it's it's a nice groove that a lot of people have uh, created, which is that uh, constant thinking. Um, but if you can break that cycle and you can start to cut those those minutes down to seconds where you realise that it is pointless what you are thinking about, sooner or later you're going to get to a point where you're knocking that shit on the head really quick and then it's freeing you up, even if you're in traffic. It's freeing you up to feel the tires on the road, observe the clouds, dig the music, and you know once you're there, then you then you're not wasting energy, and then you're actually investing in your present moment, and now you're starting to, for my mind, you're starting to live a little, and you can address the things you're thinking about, but most of the time, ninety percent of the time, you're not going to do anything about it at the time you're thinking about it, but there is a time to think about it and there's a time to take action. And if you don't take that action, you're just going to continue to think about it and ruminate. So either do something about it or just drop it. Yeah, that's a great explanation. And I should say that all my knowledge, well, I came across um, Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, when I was about 19 years old. And that set the framework of my thinking i learned i learned the the concept and idea and i was very grateful to learn it at that age because i started to reassess um my thoughts but i think you know so he's a master at it of course and he's got his book the power of now and for anyone that wants to read up about this in great detail but i think as you mentioned there's also the knowledge and then there's the application for the for the everyday person, for for people like us, that just go, okay, well, I can read a book, but can I actually implement it? And what does it look like? And what are the real challenges that I face? Um, so I think Eckhart Tolle is is a great teacher when it comes to the 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 power of now in the present moment. Um, but I I agree. I really think there's a lot of power in separating your thoughts from who you are. I think, as you said, being able to observe and saying, it's not me, it's just my thoughts, right? And then being able to say, okay, if I have a thought, either it's an angry thought or a, or a violent thought or, a, or something that's an immature thought, doesn't mean that I have to act on it, right? And I think, I, yeah, and I think we all, we, we know that, like that's kind of become a bit more um, embedded within our consciousness. Uh, I think the ruminating is really difficult as well because I think I noticed that I, tend to, to think about things for maybe long periods of time or, or I lose myself for five minutes and, and think, is that really a worthwhile, is it worthwhile thinking about that? Sometimes yes, something no. Um, but I guess the, the question is then, is that what do you do then with the negative thoughts? Like if, if I find myself, you know, with a negative thought pattern starting to, to, to manifest and then an idea that I don't want 
And you go, okay. And I have, an, for example, I say, oh, I hate this city. I hate this city. It's cold. I don't, I don't want to be here, right? And that's a, a new negative thought. And it starts to appear. You know, what's the, what do you think is the best way to, to, for, for people listening or, or for, for anyone to really, or for me, to kind of let go of that, that thought and separate yourself from it? Yeah, I hear you as far as um, that question's, uh, yeah, the next kind of obvious step. And yeah, you, you've mentioned obviously um, pretty good reference there as far as there's some great literature around about um, being more conscious um, and everyone can dive in and, and find their, um, you know, find their, uh, their buzz as far as I read that book you mentioned I'll make a note about that book that might give us some insight into how the mind thinks because you tipped me on it. So I read it maybe, pardon me, five years ago and I read it, excuse me, I read it and I, I understood it, but I didn't feel it. I really, I, I don't think I actioned it. So the first thing I would say to try and answer your question, and I'll try and answer it by telling you what happened with me as far as I read that book, well, first of all, there's three parts to it. One, if someone had presented me to that, that given me that book 10 years ago, I would have said, no, no, I'm not reading it. I'm not interested in self-help book. So I wasn't even keenly aware enough to say, why are you thinking that thought? So the answer to your question really is, is to observe and then dive into or untangle or get to the heart of, why you've had that thought and that reaction. So my first thought 10 years ago, do you want to read this book? No, I don't. And I just leave it at that. I'm not even investigating why I'm so lacking desire, but really, you know, uh, cowardly or fearful of reading the book. And we're, and we're making these choices. I could hand it to someone tomorrow and they'd be like, I don't worry. I don't want to read that shit. And they're not even going to be conscious. So they're like, wow, I made a really strong decision on that book. Why is that? You know, it's not just fiction where you're like, hey, I don't dig, you know, thrillers or violent novels. This is, you know, you might be talking, you know, and I can say to someone, another book might work, you know. Um, And they're like, no, I'm not into that. So straight away, that's a thought that's become verbalized and you're not really investigating why. Now, I didn't have any insight. So someone says to me, read this book 10 years ago, I'm like, no, I push it away. That's a fear-based reaction. And and really, there hasn't been a lot of thought as to whether it can improve my life. Then you give it to me. I think uh, you and I spoke about it. And uh, then I bought it um, in a fairly serendipitous kind of moment. I bought it. I read it. And I really enjoyed it. It blew me away. But I probably didn't marry it into my life where I'm like, okay, this is important. Uh, and it can pro- it could it could improve my way of life and certainly improve my mental health. Um, but then you know you go through enough in life, and for me, I did that where I needed to find some really good tools. And then I read it a third time, and I'm like, okay. Uh, and it was already marrying in with some techniques and that that I was developing um, myself. And that's when that's when you realize, you know, the kind of the weight of information lays full upon you and you you enjoy that. 
you enjoy that knowledge that is coming your way. Um, so to answer your question, when you talk about the cold weather, if you have a thought, really, um, I guess it's one of two or three things. One, you're like, okay, I'm going to act on that. You're like, you know, I really want to be vegetarian. So you can just conscious thought, I've been thinking about this thing, right, okay, I'm not buying meat anymore. Or um, the weather's cold. Um, you can be, you can go several ways, but the easiest thing I think is to kind of dive into, right, what am I saying and what's happening here? And firstly, you're resisting what is, which is the fact you're living in Bogota and it's cold. So you've made that choice. And as soon as you can have a have a more conscious conversation with yourself where you're like, I've made this choice. This is me. I've put myself here. And still you're resisting your own choices. Now that's that's gonna that's gonna rub a little. In the end, um really the heart of the matter, I think, is if you have thoughts, it, it doesn't take that much longer to dive into why am I having this thought? And generally we're having thoughts because we are resisting what is and that and that's not going to help you in life yeah man i love that word that you use untangle all right it just that's what really stood out to me is untangle you know so you have something happens to you and you react and then if you don't sort of get to the bottom of it you don't start to analyze why did i react like that then you just react and then choose and then maybe shut something out and then rinse and repeat so yep that's a i think that's a great word is to look with look underneath to say why did i immediately dismiss that um why did i immediately you know shrink away from that um and maybe it's something that you know maybe it's maybe it's trauma maybe it's uh fear you know maybe it's a, a whole bunch of things maybe it's a belief system you know i've kind of come to this conclusion that you know, whatever your ideological beliefs are, that shapes the foundation of how you view the world. So if you believe, for example, that, you know, I can dance or I can learn to dance or I can't dance, then your whole reality is shaped by that, right? So for me, I believe that I can't dance and I came to Colombia and I tried and I paid for lessons and I, you know, sort of started to get a bit of the hang of it, but I suck at dancing. And I got to the point where I'm just like, you know what? I'm giving up. And I'm, I'm being actively aware that I'm putting this shit in the bin and I will never dance ever again. Right. <laughs> so I, I feel like, you know, when we look at, you know, when we look at some of these emotions and some of these thought patterns, it might be just, maybe it's my brain saying, I want to, I don't want to dance. I don't want to learn how to dance. Cause ultimately I'm scared. I'm scared of looking stupid. I'm scared at, yeah. of feeling foolish. Right. And I think, Maybe that's what we have to do is, is not just look at the thoughts, but look at what's happening underneath those thoughts and to get real about, you know, why do I actually have these thoughts? Where do they come from? Are they intertwined with trauma, past experiences? Um, how do they connect with my previous ideological experiences or, or just experiences or my ideology, which are, I guess, two different things, um, you know, and at, at schools that I work at, like this concept of growth mindset is a big thing because it's about saying yes, right? Opening up your mind, opening up your heart. 
Um, but I feel like, you know, what is the opposite of growth mindset? You know, do we, is, I'm just thinking on my feet here is if you have a, what's the opposite of growth mindset is, is that we, we have a negative mindset and we say no. And then we have, or we have negative. We have, well, let me just keep it simple. Like, you know, I guess how do, how do these negative patterns and thought patterns manifest and, um, how do they manifest from the beginning? Is it just, do you think it's just a fear of, um, you know, we're just shutting down. All right. You know what? I've had enough of this city. Can't live in here anymore. I'm out of here. Or you know what? I've had lots of pain associated to this negative experience. Is that is that enough to have negative thought patterns and for them to be established and become permanent? Yeah. Um, I, I'm just still chuckling about the fact that uh, you've given up on dancing. I, I hope there's... <laughs> I hope there's no reality to that because, you know, as they say, dance like no one's watching. And, yeah, well, there's, um, there's 100% reality to that because I, I tried to dance salsa and I fucking suck, right? <laughs> you get to the point yeah. where, you know, like salsa is a beautiful thing. It's like there's so much happening. It's masculine and feminine energy. And it's super sexual, but it's like a, a dance and there's polarity and it's playful, um, you know, and it, but it's, it's very, very, it's this, this masculine and feminine energy. And, you know, the man has to take the control and like, I love that shit, but you gotta, you know, when you learn to dance, you gotta think about your, your feet. You gotta think about being charming to the girl that you're with. You gotta try to remember these steps and you gotta kind of, you just kind of got to absorb it. And if you can't do it on the spot, if you're not one of those people that can remember on the spot, these moves, maybe now I don't drink anymore. It might help. Um, I might have a higher chance of my memory, you know, obtain, you know, um, retaining information that might help gross motor, gross motor skills. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't have either then. Um, but yeah, man, I gave up. So for me, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm still chuckling because, uh, I, I love that we're friends and, and for anyone listening, um, we've been knocking around, um, for the best part of 15, 20 years, uh, and only you could uh, diagnose dancing so deeply and so thoroughly. I, my my idea of dancing is jumping on the lounge to, um, you know, punk rock songs uh, at at midnight. That is dancing, but so is uh, salsa. And uh, I love the, your construct of uh, of dancing, which is actually just a really pure pure movement, uh, very simple. Um, only because, only because I've experienced so much pain, Jeff, that, you know, I've had to look within, <laughs> understand yes, the source yeah. of that pain and, and, and try to move through the trauma. That's, that's the reason. Yeah. Your trauma is you have two left feet potentially. Um, and rhythm is not, you know, not everyone's blessed with rhythm, but, uh, I have hope for you and maybe salsa is a little, uh, a little, yeah, a little advanced. complicated. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny that my wife actually used to teach dance. And uh, she, I think she just gave up on me before she started, but I should, you know, I should change these negative mind patterns, Jeff. I should freaking change them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And, the, um, the, I guess the point for me was that that negative pattern and belief came from painful experiences. And I think that can happen to a lot of people is that you have a negative experience. It happens enough. You develop, you develop a new belief that sticks with you and then that manifests and then that manifests in your brain. And then, you know what, you've got something there that, you know, someone says dance and I just go nah, Right. Whereas like, maybe you just got to be, um, maybe you just got to move through these, these emotions, right. You just got to be more, have an open heart and 
let things go and be humble and just let it go. Maybe that's the key. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, you've tapped into a couple of things, but certainly, yeah, your last expression there, um, to let it go is is really, uh, really important. Um, yeah, I can tie in a couple of things. I, I was driving once, um, and I know you're a teacher, and you mentioned the um, the growth kind of um, program that is, you know, instilled in kids now, you know. And I, I drove past a primary school, and I had a really good little expression. This primary school always has one of those little catchy, you know, one-liners, and, and it actually said, if you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. And I thought, fuck, man, that's there's a lot said in a very few words, man. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. And that is that's mindset 101, you know. And I was I was pretty chuffed um, at that primary school just for that alone, because I learned something, you know. I'm, I'm far from primary school, but that's that's a big part, and and I think that comes back to trying to answer your question. Um, uh, two things, you know whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. So if you're ruminating on, you know, your lack, um, which is you can't, then you're probably right. And and your mindset is already leading you towards um, a resolution that's, you know, you're not going to achieve whatever you're thinking about or you're going to let it go because it's too hard. And I think the real, for, the real foundation of what we're talking about, any thought that really comes up, I got the idea when I was, you know, went through a, a long process myself of trying to um, kind of deconstruct myself and, and rebuild myself in a better way. Is virtually every thought or every action we have is it either comes out of fear or love, and, and I, I kind of try to boil it down to that, and and that's been documented a little bit um, through the psychological ages, I guess Freud and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I really got to thinking that that was pretty much it. And the dancing fits into that, you know, if you're fearful, you, you know, your brain, you're not using that kind of frontal uh, section of your brain, you know, to keep your feet kind of coordinated because, because you're in fear and, you know, people have stage fright and, you know, you just, you're at a little discotheque and you're still conscious of everyone, you know, you're self-conscious. Um, so you're not going to operate in the same way because you are kind of steeped in fear and, Importantly, if, you, if you're just talking about the thought patterns, then I think the first thing we can do is observe whether they come from a place of love and which is the kind of growth you spoke of with the school uh, and love is also abundance or it comes from fear and fear is scarcity. Um, so that, that seemed to be pretty straightforward for me. And yeah, I realized that I wasn't going to reach my potentiality, um, whatever that means but I wasn't going to be as fulfilled as, as I wanted to be unless I started to um, to observe these thoughts um, as being fear-based and then and then just upending them and, and realising that there was no foundation for for the fear. And once once you erode that, then then I think whatever you're contemplating, whatever you're thinking about, whatever topic you know you're you're dissecting or ruminating in your mind if you can tease out the the fear you can look at it more clearly and then you might still come to the same conclusion you might 
decide that, you know, you don't want to be, you know, a carpenter or you don't want to dance the tango or you don't want to save the world, you know, as much as you think you do. Um, once you once you pull out uh, some of the emotional parts, and I think uh, when you do that and when you, when you really um, hack away at some of the fear-based thoughts, they diminish and then they really allow space for, you know, thoughts and actions that are steeped in love and abundance to come through. And once you're doing that, then you're paddling down river, you know, you're, you're really cruising and, and that'll, that'll be exponential as far as you'll then go back and you'll break more and more of fear-based mindsets down. And that will open up again to, to, to better, better thought patterns and a lot of them will be derived from or steeped in love which is um that's really the the pursuit for all of us i think deep down yeah conversation with god neil donald walsh 1997 i think he wrote that um that's what he says you know that all emotions spring from those two branches those two fundamental fundamental um forks of either fear or love and that's always stuck with me when i read that i was i was 18 when i read that um but i would there's two things i want to say that probably links into this really well and maybe a part of it is the capacity to be really honest about who you are and yourself and i think that's really hard to be really honest about who you are as a person your identity um why you feel the way you feel why you do what you do, why you think what you think, um, looking within, looking at the dark side of who you are, the trauma, the ugly shit that no one wants to talk about, um, psychological pain, fears, insecurities. I think it starts with that. If you know, I was I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and he was like, Oh, I'm trying to work on myself. And I said, for me, the first step is you've got to go deep and you have to look within yourself and you have to start to see, you have to kind of like open up the Pandora's box of of pain and suffering. And, and um, you have to open the lid and look within and, and, and it's really not nice if for a lot of us that haven't had, you know, the perfect childhood. And even if you had the perfect childhood, maybe there's things missing that, you know, as that have caused you trauma and pain and suffering. It's, it's just humans are so, I think, delicate, in that formative years, you know, like we grow up, everything has to be perfect. So we don't end up being a, an, an emotional psychological mess. Right. You know, there's, there's, there's always things that are left out on unnurtured and there's so much of us, you know, so many aspects of who we are, but um, I think that's the first thing, but I want to talk about as well. Maybe this will give us a bit, bit to chew on here is like being able to move through those emotions and feeling something, feeling those thoughts really feeling it like feeling angry or feeling tired or feeling overwhelmed and and allowing yourself to feel it and then as you said being able to separate your 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 mind and that emotion well you know separating the thought from the emotion so that's a thought that i have i feel this way what do i really want to think and feel what do i want to adopt do i want to adopt that this city is fucking horrible and cold and wet and you know makes you sick and brings you down and you have to fight for a little bit of sun 
or do I want to just go, you know, the, the, the fresh air, the altitude, those, um, you know, just wearing the right clothes, moving through it, working with it instead of fighting it and the, the resistance, yes. right? The resistance is the, another great word that you used, you know? So I really feel like, um, you know, if anyone's listening to this and anyone, anyone is, is struggling with this, and I think we all have at some point, you know, what do you think about this concept of really being able to, to respect and honor your emotions and having the capacity to move through them uh, so that we can be, we can let things go and, and not have this resistance that seems to build up within us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, you do have to move through them. Um, uh, well, that's the best way to kind of let them go in its entirety. And um, I guess to, yeah, it was nice you mentioned conversations with God and, and obviously you and I have touched on a few of these things in the past. Um to give listeners a bit of insight, yeah, like um, for me, I kind of, I went through a, a, a very kind of dark period that, you know, probably lasted in the order of six to 12 months where I had to do a lot of work to um, to understand who I was. And you, you bring that point up where you have to get to the truth of the matter is to, you know, I think there's an old expression to know yourself. You know, uh, and I think we we ignore that challenge at our own peril. We we haven't we have a vague understanding, but really, I think most people, a lot of people, they don't want to know themselves. They certainly want to. They don't want to dig in and and do some work and 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 kick up the dust and and understand who they are and and why they operate in a certain way. And and you know, for me, it was it was a, a very challenging period. Um, and uh, yeah, you gave me some great support in that time. But I say to people now, you know, you, everyone's going to have to pay the gatekeeper at some point. Everyone's going to have to do some work unless you are truly blessed with, you know, a, an incident-free life or a, a smooth sailing life. Um, but we love challenges. Challenges uh, create resilience and, and, and we get stronger. But I say to people now, like, you know, you can either do the work at a at a point like I did, which was suffering and depression, or you can do it from a place of you know grace and and you know growth and 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 joy. You know, and and you can you can if you're in a good place, you can you can still do the work. You know, you can still investigate and and get better. But mainly, you know, if you're in a good place, you can be like, okay, what's what's working here? You know, and and be the observer of what's working well. And for me, I, as you know, I had to do it the the harder way, which uh, I'm grateful for now. But um, yeah, I, I think you know, as you say, feeling these emotions and the and working through these thought patterns, it it takes time, and you actually have to allocate some time. And for me, I was blessed, you know, to to really put the you know to put my work tools down and and you know i virtually had a year off just to um come to terms with myself and where i was um i'm late 40s now and you know i was kind of um mid yeah mid, mid early to mid 40s um which a lot of people in life i think can relate to i think there can be a fairly tumultuous period as you shift from youth to 
to kind of middle age maturity. But yeah, I was fortunate enough to have that time um, to feel those things. Uh, and I don't think I was well equipped, but I was patient and I was somehow, you know, underlying, I was forgiving, even though I wasn't in a great place. And, and I certainly was my own uh, worst kind of critic. Um, but I gave myself the time to, to let them all wash over me. And it, and it's a can be a painful experience, but you know we're 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 stronger, we're, we're more capable than we ever dare to believe, and that's probably one thing it taught me. Where you know I wouldn't have thought I had that kind of you know that courage or stoicness to kind of you know really keep chipping away at my uh, you know to you for want of a better word, most people would term it as you know the work that needs to be done. And that was just a lot of questions as to, you know, how I'd arrived at a certain chapter of my life. You know, we both come from kind of um, an economics background and, you know, you, you commit your your time to that. Um, so I'm trying to give some personal insight to listeners where um, this is the, you know, the, the path that I walked and yeah to come back to your question um i think people have to want to investigate they got to be a bit curious i think they have to give themselves the time which is probably one of the most challenging things in a fairly busy uh, western culture um and then i think you have to be able to face your great dark demons and and stare them down and 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 hopefully slay them, um, which can be um, it can be hard going, but it can also be really, really powerful. And you know, you don't need to, you know, have a midlife crisis and you know fall in a heap to do that kind of work. You know, it's the opportunity is always there. And I've got friends that are in pretty good places in their life. But they might have, you know, they might have one pebble in their shoe that's that's just really wearing them, and there's an opportunity for them. Do I say, you can you can work on that stone that's in your shoe. You can you can keep sending it back to the very very thin fragment, and and it won't bother you so much. Um, and the rest of your life is pretty cool. So you you've got the self belief. You've got the the good mental health you've got the the capacity to to say to yourself you know what i'm not happy you know i'm not content just to carry this piece of shit luggage around for the rest of my life because most of my pie charts good you know the the competitive nature of a human or the want you know the aspirational nature to be better is to say you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do the work and that's when it's great you, you can do it as you go uh, from a place of you know peace and joy rather than you know chaos and anguish which really that's where a lot of people kind of end up you know whether they have a huge health uh, you know physical or mental health kind of uh, upheaval they might lose a partner like you know separation or they might lose a loved one that's you know these are classic catalysts to be like what the fuck is going on and that's a lot of the time when the chickens come home to roost, uh, career changes is another that you and I can kind of relate to. Um, that's when that's when the chickens come home to roost and and 
sooner or later, like I say, we all pay the gatekeeper and we're going to do some work if we want to, if we want to, um, you know, be on our deathbed with a level of contentment. Yeah. You said a lot, man. I, I took notes of some of the things you said because you just said so much. But you know was, me, I, I do get on a ramble. <laughs> it was a good ramble. It was a good ramble. Um, first, I want to say, you know, maybe that that time that you had, it, it was great. Not many people get the option or sometimes they're forced to give themselves an option just to take a whole year to fix their mental health. And I think sometimes it's just got to be done, right? And I think that this is something that we just, we don't think about is that, are we really investing in our mental health? Are we giving ourselves our, a time to work on that and to take care of that? And as you said, if you neglect it, it's like, it's like if you don't exercise, you know, you're not exercising and the weight's kind of like piling on gently. And then you sort of like, oh, I got a couple of kilos here. And then all of a sudden, holy fuck, I'm like 20 kilos overweight. You get to this point where you're like, how did everything just get so fucking out of hand? And how do I look like this fat mess? And then like, all like, as you say, using that metaphor, it's kind of like there's a price to pay because you've neglected it, it or you haven't had the time to um, invest in it, or you, you don't know how to, it's not your fault, or, you know, you, or you're told that you fucking shouldn't, you're told that it's not the, the masculine thing to do, or it's a sign of weakness. So you don't do it. Right. So there's all those things. But I think it's it's so important um, to be able to, I guess, keep track of that and and be aware of that as and I think be aware of that as you continue through life as a person. And I think your thought patterns and all this stuff, thought patterns and ideas and ideology connect into that because they change who you are, and they set the tone or that you you become that you become that embodiment of negativity and I hate this place and I can't do things or you become more relaxed and humble and become more open um, this is kind of a big question but I feel like for me personally I'll just talk about me is that I had this idea in my head like this concept you know when I was really young like 10 years old that was built constructed that my life was going to be like this it was going to have these certain characteristics. I was going to get married in a certain way. I was going to have this type of lifestyle. I was going to live in this certain way. And then I had this real painful realization that my, my, my life, the reality of my life was very different to any kind of illusion that I created in my mind. And then I had to readjust that and let that go. And that was actually pretty hard. It took me some time to process that. And then I let that, I kind of let that go but I think that sometimes the ideas, these these ideas that we have in our formative, in our youth, ideas that we pick up, you know, they 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 change our reality, and sometimes it leads to maybe an inner conflict. Um, sometimes it leads to disappointment, and then and then as you say that, then it can really take its toll on the on our mental health. Um, I don't know, man. How do we present, how do we prevent that? You know, like anyone's listening, if, if you were talking to a 20 year old kid, you know, a 20 year old young man, let's not use, say the word kid. I, I feel anyone that's half my age now is a kid, let's say 20 year old mm. young man growing up in yeah. the world, you know, probably smarter than a lot smarter than I was at 20 years old. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. 
what would you say to them to sort of kind of put them on track and to to help them maybe uh, either prevent uh, negative patterns of of to, to negative patterns from manifesting and you know how would you what would you say to them to kind of to help them adopt a a good perspective so that they could prevent some of that pain that maybe that we or other people have experienced yeah it's um that's a tricky one because it's, it's it's very personal for each um each individual to to navigate through their life um but in saying that um yeah it seems like when you were young you had uh, a perception of how things might be i don't know if i ever really had i think you you're you've always been a bit more visionary than me maybe a bit more long term but i'm trying to picture myself and how i perceive things might be um but the reality of um your ideal um might not materialize uh, and that, that's pretty common i think we have to be forgiving of ourselves first and foremost um i think uh, forgiveness of yourself is a a really wonderful thing um it has to be measured to some degree you can't forgive yourself for making consistently bad decisions but if you had an idea when you were 10 15 or even leaving school at 18 you had an idea and and that doesn't manifest into a reality um i've always been pretty open to the idea that that's okay whatever the reality is that you know that that it eventuates when you're 30 or 40 is okay um we have to accept it because you're right there um the one thing you can do is uh, realize that okay and things haven't worked out exactly how i thought they might when i was 15 like you had a bit of a vision um the only thing we can affect is the next step so i think with that forgiveness you can really forgive a lot of the shit that's gone on a lot of the water that goes under the bridge and then that brings you to a sharp attention to like okay here's my opportunity the next minute is my opportunity the next day is my opportunity to to navigate better um to steer yourself where you think you want to go um and 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 go from there and and to loop back i think you're asking about kind of negative thought patterns that you know it's it's a simple thing of understanding that your your thoughts become your words your words become your actions and your actions really become your life um and that's you know that's paraphrasing a fairly simple kind of uh, uh kind of ideology that's you know um that most people are aware of um but if you link those things up then you, you're going to start to concentrate on what you think about because uh, they're going to end up being your words and you can observe your words you know i hear people say you know words all the time where i'm like that's that is talking to your subconscious and and allowing you to stay in this spot and it's simply the first two words i can't um so uh, or i don't i don't go to the gym it's not for me uh, that means you won't go to the gym. You've, you've created a, a, a very strong um, wall um, subconsciously and, and then consciously you're verbalising and reinforcing uh, 
so any you know any time I don't or I can't um I'm not you know I'm not a good listener you're never going to become a better listener if, if if you reaffirm the fact that you're not a good listener um so yeah thoughts words actions that that that's how you create your life um but importantly I think to 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 kind of talk to the listeners I think we're always in the process of of having to let go you know you just even at the end of 2022 you might be like what a clusterfuck you know and you've you've got to let that go you know hanging on to it and saying shit you know the chips didn't fall my way it's not going to help hanging on to that um there's it's this you're resisting what's already transpired you got to let it go um and i actually um I do a little bit of Tai Chi and I was in a class once and the instructor, he just came to me and we were doing just a few techniques and he, you know, he said, he said, Oh, you're a bit like me. You know, you kind of, you know, you got a bit of energy also mixed with a bit of tension. And he just looked at me and said, you know, you need to let go. And he said, cause it's the last thing you'll ever do in your life. And he, he, you know, I think I was there and it was kind of profound for me, but he he just looked at me in a really calm manner, a guy that's done a lot of work on himself physically and, and you know, and mentally. He just said to me, you know, to relax into the the, the steps and the forms that we were doing. And um, he said, you got to let go. And then to to loop that to, to your death, where everyone at some point is going to let go. That's that's the last thing you do um, before you, you know, your flame goes out, so to speak. Um, so we've got to constantly do that um, throughout our lives. I think it's a really good practice. Um, and, and if we can do that, hopefully that, that just leaves some shit behind where those negative thought patterns don't, we don't have to carry them around like suitcases all our lives, you know. We can, we can just, we can drop them. We can drop them and we can and we can walk a bit lighter and and that's yeah that's I think one of the real graces that we can afford ourselves. Yeah, well, I think that is profound because if you're anything like me, we have a tendency to kind of like want to latch onto things, control things. You have this tension that you're trying to manipulate the world. Um, there is this anxiety. You want things to go a certain way. And especially as an adult, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to juggle quite a few different things. Um, it's completely opposite to let go. And I think that's really hard for probably the majority of us. I know it's hard for me. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I think it's just it's it's the first thing we, you know, it's the first stop at going around the four bases of the baseball field, you know. Uh, you know first step let go of you know it sounds like a throwaway it sounds like a throwaway line but man if you keep coming back to it if you keep coming back to it 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 will help and songs have been written about it people have written books about it um and there's you know there's a lot of religion steeped in it um but it's really important to let go um it, it will create less friction in your life and you'll you'll move lighter but you'll move 
faster because you won't have as much drag, um, you know, to use the, the boat metaphor. Um, I just think it's it's it, it's steeped in forgiveness to to let go. And I think it's it's really important. Um, and for me, it was a very important cornerstone of me getting better, you know, doing, like I said, you know, I was blessed to to be financially fairly secure and, and, and have six to 12 months off. And yeah, you know, the first thing is like, let go of all the stuff that hasn't occurred that you wish did let go of all the things that I'm not, that I wish I was. Uh, and there's, it is steeped in forgiveness, which is really important thing. Um, and, and perhaps lacking a little bit in, in each of our lives. And, and certainly, um, it's a an emotion we can we can offer people close to us and and you know and the world and you're gonna you're gonna feel better and to kind of come back to you know um the tai chi and and i kind of got into that through um reading a bit of taoism which is spelled with a t like taoism but they pronounce it taoism with a d i guess yeah this kind of same guy you know, over the course of, of, of you know, doing some um, uh, some classes with him, um, you know, we spoke about the fact that in Taoism they're, they're they're really big on not pulling anything towards you and not pushing anything away. So this is this is the balance that that is really steeped in uh, traditional Chinese culture and. I really like that. Um, that's helped me more recently. Um, you just spoke about we all want control and whatnot. Uh, gripping onto something, you know, and it is the easiest way to um, to lose it. We hold on way too tight, um, and that creates a lot of a lot of anguish, a lot of tension. You know, that seeking control really. You know, they, they talk in metaphors a lot in Taoism, and and really that pulling anything towards you and pushing away is just how you how you approach anything in life are you desperately wanting it you know there's the, the affection of someone so you pull them really close to you you, know? you tell them i love you over and over incessantly and they end up getting the shits and, and leaving because you've hung on too tight and do you push do you push away do you push that book away that is offered to you that you really know is good for you or you know do you push away um someone's offer to go for a walk every morning with the with the dog um and and this is the observation again if if you're keenly observing yourself you're like wow i really pushed that away um and and the Taoism really invites you to to look at that and to live a life um that is much more balanced and 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 peaceful and I think that's their idea is if you're not pushing and pulling, you're actually just right in this nice seesaw balance. Um, and that would extend to, you know, some level of flow where um, the life force energy is moving much more easily because you're not creating blockages and you're not, you're just allowing it to, to, to travel where it should. So I think, um, yeah, to try and tie it into the question. Um, yeah, the, the, you know, everything we do 
um, if we're capable of some level of external examination, um, then we put it to a bit of a, you know, we run a quick audit on it, you know, a quick, you just do a pub test on it and you're like, okay, how am I behaving here? What do my thoughts look like? Are they, are they full of tension, which is pulling things towards me? Like I desperately need this job or or are they really, you know, um, you know, um, closed off and pushing things away. And again, if we become a, a keener observer, then we can observe like, well, that's, that's pretty extreme, you know, how we re- just responded or how, how my life won't be complete unless bang, fill in the blank, that an actual fact, your life can very much be complete uh, without it. Yeah. It seems like such a, a simple concept of letting go. And it's again, so profound and so many different levels, you know, you talked about letting go from of expectations about, you know, who am I, who should I be? What should I have done? You know, how many houses should I have bought? <laughs> you know, so many different um, expectations that, you know, we put on ourselves or other people put on us. It's such a, you know, that's just that in itself is, is hard for a lot of people, including myself to let that go. And I also love this idea of push and pull. I think that loops back into, you know, maybe love and fear, you know, the pushing things away that maybe we're, we resist or that we, we we're fearful of. And um, yep. that's, um, you know, or trying to, again, with fear, pull things closer to us. I need this. I need this. This has got to work. And that's not, like you said, it disrupts a natural flow. Um, yeah. So another part of this letting go is just, I guess it's just acceptance. Is it acceptance of who I am, the world, people, letting go of expectations of how things should be, trying to to let go of time, trying to let go of an outcome and just being able to be to be totally cool with that. That's um, maybe that is the art of letting go, being able to do that. Yeah, yeah. There's an element of uh, surrendering to to each moment, you know, and and hopefully, you know, we'll kind of we'll we'll move forward in this conversation where we might talk about a couple of things that you know practical things that you can put in place in life. But um, yeah, I think often when we you and I talk, you use a word like acceptance. And I think you and I started chatting and I was kind of using the term surrender, um, which I really like. And I know you kind of, it, it caught a flame with you because it, it, it almost sounds submissive, um, but it's, it's really not. And I guess it's, it's got some Eastern uh, flavor to it, but I really like the surrender because um, I don't know, it feels good. Accepting is like almost, it, it, it's again, mental, you know, I accept this. I'm accepting you at the moment. And it, whatever works for you, they're just words, you know. Um, but i got to interrupt you here and say that that's a great observation because I think there is a difference because in my mind, I accept the situation, even if I don't like it, but sometimes I'm not willing to surrender to it and really just really let it go. But I think if you surrender to it, there's a level of you've moved into acceptance and you've moved into a, a kind of deeper state of, maybe letting go of kind of not only acknowledging, okay, this is the reality, 
but let's embrace the reality and just completely be calm and at peace with it. That's I think that takes an extra level of skill. Yeah, and I think you've separated the two words quite well. And yeah, I hadn't quite thought about the why surrender has so much volume to it. But um yeah, there is a depth to it which is which is cool. Um yeah, and 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 that's um that's really important. And even when you talk about I've just even in the last couple of years just got some greater clarity and when i hear uh, you mention you know uh, people kind of suffering because um, you know they're in a certain situation where they're like okay i'm renting and i want to buy a house or i bought a house and and i've um, got too much debt um you know every, every moment that we think about in life uh, can can give us an element of pain where we're like shit this is kind of I'm here and I want to be there, but it also, you can, you can invert that completely. And, you know, you can, as soon as you think, Oh, I'm a renter. I want to buy you're like, Oh wow. I'm renting. Like I can burn this lease and, and, and move. Like I can pivot quicker. So for every kind of thought we have um, that we feel is steeped in kind of rumination of, um, uh, you know, we don't, we would like it to be another way we get generally i think if you turn it on its head you can find uh something good you know as far as that's just one example if you're like oh you know i've got um you know i've got a bad boss um as soon as you say that you're like yeah my, my boss sucks but you're like i've got a job i've got a job that's it's cool you know i'm earning some bucks and you know it's it's um it's putting nappies on my child or it's putting, you know, dog food in the bowl. Um, so I think we can not only to, to come back to this catching of your thoughts, I think we don't even have to sometimes investigate the thoughts too much. We can use the energy of our little ruminating mind and and quickly um, kind of upend it and be like, okay, I'm thinking this. But there, there is almost always an upside to something, and I think even, even death. Um, I had a good friend last year die suddenly of a heart attack, and the grief was quite strong. And I was trying to work out how I would process the loss, and I just got into a habit of, through observing life i kept observing the fact that my friend wasn't going to see or experience this again as far as i know on this plane so he's not going to see you know the 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 bird swoop down and and, and get the nectar and he's not going to feel you know the, the the warm tea um being sipped um and for about two or three weeks i just observed a lot of things throughout every day that he was never going to, that was out of reach for him now, as far as I could tell, you know, um, being death on earth, he wasn't functioning anymore. Um, and it, and it was a really nice way to process his death and the grief, but it also made for a fucking cracking few weeks as much as I cried and I was in some level of despair I was also really present to how much great shit goes on day to day, week to week. And I stacked that up over a few weeks and I still felt pain, which was really honoring his death. But 
I was having a pretty good time. And um, I think that's that's what we're capable of at any point. I think we're, we're capable of inverting or flipping our our pesty thoughts and some of them can be deep emotions but by and large i reckon if you sniff around you can find something good you can you can find a little gem to polish up and and that can help us to move forward i hope that kind of loops into what we were chatting about yeah it does you know and there's another great book called um man's search for meaning by victor frankel you know, and that's a, that's a really powerful one that talks about how, you know, that, that same concept, of course, of, um, you know, reframing things to, to give it meaning and purpose and reframing things in a way that's positive instead of negative and choosing the way to reframe it in the best way to, to empower you instead of disempower you. That's a great book for anyone that's, that's looking for that concept. And, you know, obviously the Stoics, the Stoics, Greek philosophy, you know, it's, came a lot of it came from that um but yeah i don't know i i I think we've got to remember maybe that for anyone that's listening is is that we are creative beings so you know can we undo our thoughts and can we establish new thoughts and give world uh the, the world new meaning yes and i think we can do a lot of that just with gratitude right just being grateful for what we have the moment experiences i think that's a great disposition to have absolutely yeah and then we can kind of start to have that as a basis and then when we you know what the question is that you might want to ask yourself is what's your what's your equilibrium where are you how do you feel every day are you you tense are you uh you anxious are you mainly calm you know what what do you really feel what's the dominant emotion and then are you in a space that are you in in a space for the majority of the day that you feel comfortable in that space? You know, because that's a big thing too. And, you know, I would even go as far as to say that we have the capacity to totally shape your, your mental space and your, your dominant thoughts and, you know, your, your disposition, if you really want to. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But it does feel like we're creative and it does feel like, um, you know, it does feel like that we can we can change our thought patterns, but I I don't want to be like a negative Nancy. But I do feel like people sometimes people maybe aren't aware of that as much as they could be, or they get stuck in negative patterns. Um, they they keep choosing something that gives them the same outcome. Or I always I feel the the big one is is a, a fear of change. Like how, what would you say to anyone that's has a fear of change and is scared to maybe change that job or change that uh, relationship that was toxic or change those thinking patterns or change um, how their identity and who they thought about themselves? Like, how do we go about by doing that? Is it, is it something that's, you know, founded off the back of our identity or is it just small steps of creation I don't know. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's a really hard thing for people to, like you said, to, to kind of maybe snap out of it or invest time in themselves and, and start to change their thinking patterns. Yeah. Changes. That's, that's a, a big matzo ball. That's, that's a, a really prominent thing for most adults um, to deal with, whether they deal with it well 
or otherwise. But yeah, changes that's that's a big one, and certainly played uh, its part in in um, uh, the long process process I went through um, of um, uh, fairly poor mental health um, for an extended period, and then. Uh, embracing that change and moving into a a much better much better place um yeah humans aren't great with change i guess um you know we like consistency um it's probably a fairly primal uh emotion um but yeah i just kind of made a note there change is really the only certainty in life and from what i've experienced you can either you can do it the long way or the short way change is going to come like and and it will come into your life one way or another you can either you can either open the door and invite it and it can be relatively seamless and and you can have some direction over it or it'll come into your life it'll just walk through the door and slam you over the head and drag you kicking and screaming into a place of change and you know i kind of did the latter (laughs) Um, to some degree and you and I use a few metaphors but yeah you know the the, the metaphorical hitting over the head and, and having to be woken up to uh, the realities of, of um, you know and, and to backtrack my life's been a good life and, and it was you know um, leading up to and including a very difficult kind of mental health period um, but I think change is going to it's 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 gonna it's gonna come and if you use the example of a job you know we can resist change for three or four years where you're like i'll stick with it um and that not your soul knows that you don't want to be in that gig and i think with that frustration with that friction where your internal compass knows it's you know, the job's not the right fit or, the you know, the girlfriend's not the right fit or the city you're living in is not the right fit, you can kind of resist the change, which is a fairly natural thing, and, and stick with the current situation. But in the end, stuff will come up, you know, your, your life uh, will present examples of the fact that you're not changing and you should. The universe has a, a, a really cool way of, tapping you on the shoulder sooner or later and you know if you stay in a city that you don't want to be in um you know i think you're going to live a, a more inferior life and and maybe your energy your vibration is not going to be as good so when you're out and about you know you don't you don't get along with people as well because because you're you're kicking stones about where you are and and i think that's the same as with a job you might spend eight or ten hours a day doing something you're not liking that much um so change is is something we have to lean into a little and and perhaps be a little courageous about um because there's going to be a little bit of pain for a fair bit of gain from what i've experienced to be able to refocus and 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 shift my attention into doing work that's more meaningful for me you know that's being of service that's 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 been a good help for me and that allows you know a bit more energy uh, to flow into my life and then that helps your physical health it helps your mental health 
helps my marriage. So change is a tricky one. And I certainly was a bit of a reluctant passenger to the to the um the, the metaphorical sailing ship that is change. And but my guess is it, it's gonna come one way or another. Um and and if you don't address it, um it, it'll it will come knocking uh at some point and you want to be in a position where maybe you're still young enough to adapt and and to make some small um important changes in your life and they can just be small and and small can snowball and and get bigger um and if 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 change if you don't address it then i think again you and i speak about sometimes the, you know the idea of the deathbed I, I think if you don't embrace they get used the word a lot if you do, if you're not creating an environment where you're a bit open to change you're going to have a really tough reconciliation on your deathbed because that's when the other shoe will drop and you'll realize that you had ample opportunities that came along and you snuffed them all out and now you got to fucking lay down with that and I don't know. That wouldn't be an easy task. Yeah, the regret and the regret of of, of wasted opportunity or or not doing what not doing or living in the way that was most true to yourself. Um, but I have to ask this because you know you mentioned it a couple of times, and I feel like anyone that's listening is going to be like, "Wow, why didn't Steve ask this question?" Um, so I'm going to ask you: like, What was the cause? of the pain and the suffering that was happening in your mental health that caused you to spiral into uh into a dark place what was the what was the the you used the the stone in the shoe metaphor what was the i don't know what was the thing starting the the darkness that started to eat you up that that caused um the sh- the shift yeah um uh, it's yeah it's a pertinent question because we yeah, sometimes we chat and we don't kind of give enough framework to the listener. Um, but yeah, the the straight answer is fear. Um, it's 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 um, ugly cousin control, uh, and they're probably the two main things. Um, yeah, and, and and everyone you know, you know, carries their their burdens to some degree, whether they're um, by nature or by nurture, you know, whether it's DNA or the environment, we, we do have our, our little pebbles in our shoes and uh, how we deal with them is important. And yeah, it was, it, it's a, it's an interesting thing to talk about. And, and we might, I think you and I are talking about, maybe we'll do a, uh, a chapter on you know a real genuine kind of um exploring that yeah yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. In, in in this sense i think today we're talking a bit about kind of rituals and and behaviors and and um habits and obviously thinking habits can have a real impact on the quality of your life but yeah for me um there was a few little catalysts but yeah obviously a shifting careers away from I studied economics and worked in finance for the best part of 20 years. So shifting away from that natural loss of identity, which, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to if you're 
if you're not doing that that you've been doing, who are you? Um, but yeah, I can I can bring most of it back to um, just just a general fear and 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 the control is a so you want to control your life, you know, you want things to be a certain way, and uh, I've you know I've learned a really valuable lesson that um, I've relinquished a lot of control now, and it's 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 just better um and and that's kind of how i try and approach life where i'm not wanting a particular outcome so much i'm not as desperate and the funny thing happens you know ultimately um things come along that are good things come along that serve you well um maybe your intuition gets a bit better maybe you know what is good for you and you lean into those aspects of life but yeah, you know, I recently got uh, got a new job. I've been in disability, you know, on and off for four or five years. But as I said to you, I sat several interviews and wasn't that particular about which direction I wanted to go. I just knew that something had come up, it'd be good, and I'd put my energies into it. And at the moment, that's materialised. Um, and I, I don't think I was really conscious of wanting a certain thing or wanting a certain outcome but I was conscious of being pretty open and sat you know numerous interviews and just knew that something um would drop and uh yeah so far that's that's proven to be a good result um but yeah what we what was the um yeah, we're talking about the sometimes the causes of of the the disruption of our mental health, and yeah, like you mentioned, I think I think we've got enough there to work with, and I just wanted to maybe um, dig a little bit deeper. But I think, like you said, we can probably have a, a whole podcast just on that topic about mental health and and the black dog of mental health and how mental health can be disrupted and and um, and you know sh- you know changes and transition, um, but moving along like you were talking about from that that um that disposition of being like really open and sort of being open and and um i, I guess n- not exactly certain about what what's going to happen uh, for me personally and maybe for a lot of other people that might be quite hard um for people to to adopt that, that mentality because like when i'm sort of going for a job i'm thinking i want to be this person and have this job and I want to, you know, get paid this amount of money and I want it to be like this. And, you know, maybe there is, maybe there that isn't, maybe we just need to relax a little bit more and be a bit more open and say, okay, if I'm going for a job as a teacher, it doesn't matter if I'm teaching, you know, grade nine or grade 11. And it doesn't matter if I'm teaching, you know, exactly what the curriculum will be. Just let it, let it unfold. Maybe yeah. there is a simplicity yeah. and beauty about that. Yeah, I love I love the fact that I was when you paused before you said unfold. I was gonna I was gonna jump in and help you out with the uh, the word unfold. Uh, and when you're talking, I just thought about the fact that we're we're funny we're funny we're a funny animal. We go into an interview and we say, right, this is the this is a sweet job for me, um, and it can be. It can look good. So you sit the interview, hit it out of the park, you get the job, and lo and behold your boss is a a nightmare or there's there's a a very 
very strong presence of something where you're not shit this ain't going to work out and you end up tumbling out six months later because you know it's not a good fit but your perception the day before the interview was this is it this is my dream this is my sweet spot this is going to complete me you know this it's such a a mental um kind of algorithm we make or something where we're like this is the piece and and i'm going to be sweet it's an illusion that's what it is it's just all a concept an idea it's illusion it is and we can extrapolate that or kind of pull it out to the fact that you sit that interview and you fuck it up and you bumble away and two weeks later you fall in an interview where you're like i'm not so sure about this and you land that job and they're like you know they they get you in somehow there's just a nice little thing where you're like okay, one, they want me, and two, they're going to do this. You know, I've got I've got a you know, little mentor thing happening. And suddenly, whoever's running the show there, you're like, I like this person, man. I'm, I'm totally inspired by this person. And you, you might be, you know, working for less, or maybe commuting a bit more, or your idea, you know, a month before was like, no, nah, I really want to go down this avenue. You find yourself in a different avenue, and, you know, you, you, you would have been – kicking stones um a month ago prior saying no that's not my bag and suddenly you are there and you realize you 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 actually have no idea you know none of us really have a great idea about how things are going to unfold and and even what we want to some degree you can put yourself on a bit of a trajectory and i think then you got to just be pretty open to hey that that door opened um or you know, and if if, you, if it doesn't open and you don't get the gig, the world doesn't collapse. You know, you you actually have all the capability of just dusting yourself off and sitting another interview and going, yeah. And it, it that's that's the great joy that that you know that there's so many options and and the idea that that one decision is going to make you content is as you say it's an illusion and it's also our mental setup that we know that there is something lacking and we're constantly trying to find the piece that will make the picture that'll fit and then we'll go shit great now i don't have to do anything and you know what you you, there's always something to be done there's always work to be done yeah, well, that's I think that's hard for a lot of people to take that or to adopt that disposition. But you know, really, can you really control your your destiny just by being more tense and anxious? You know, mm, <laughs> just being, yeah, it's not really doing anything. I'm, I'm tense about me losing my job. Does that mean I'm not going to lose my job? Might make me a little bit more cautious. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's so uh, you'll make yeah you make conservative decisions that that in the end you're like oh you know i wanted to teach in this certain way but you're tense so you don't and then your teacher's like you're a robot you're a shit teacher when the real you is wanting to bust out and go yeah let's 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 crack this shakespeare thing wide open and uh yeah it's you know we've spoken yeah it kind of restricts you and limits you and you yeah. operate out of that, you know, talking about coming back to the idea of, you know, operating out, operating out of a place of fear or love, you're operating mm-hmm. out of a place of fear. And then that's, it's, it's not going to give you the, 
the the confidence or the the openness and the willingness to take risks and and just the the joy of life you know maybe it's just sucking out the joy of life in the sense that why does this have to be so serious and why does this have to be you know i need this exact thing to happen but you know we we do have you know i guess the opposing argument to that is that we do have a lot of responsibility and sometimes sometimes you need things to work out you know sometimes you need that job and that's a reality too right we need we need that income or we need need to have that security and you know maybe there is a balance there of acknowledging that and again acknowledging the thoughts and feelings but not holding on to them and understanding that you know really maybe the best disposition is to be is to relinquish that control and just say well i'm going to do the best that i can do and i'm going to do it with an open heart and coming out of that place of integrity out of and love whatever happens happens and then there's at least i gave it my best and i wasn't scared to be me um and that's not easy for people either it's not it's not easy for me but i don't know i guess that's that's a great mindset to have i imagine that's what i would like to tell you know a 20 year old young man or young woman and i speak to a, being a teacher i speak to a lot of students now and they just they might come into my classroom and just hang out and, and talk to me for 30 minutes i had a girl today she just came in and she wanted to talk and it's it's kind of like you know your thoughts are contagious and and we should be trying to you know inspire our, our students to be um to adopt positive mentalities right to positive ideologies instead yeah of, instead of negative ones yeah absolutely and and you know it's it's to hear what you did today it's just you can remind yourself it's just such an honor to be in that in in that role you know and i work in disability and it's it's a it's a blessing to to be in a role where you know you can just uh, you don't have a you don't have to have an influence on people's lives but you are just present in their life and and that can be enough you know to 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 shape to shape them to some degree and and that's um that's a really nice thing and um yeah it's uh yeah, I think um, I think we've covered a lot. Um, I've got but, a feeling it's time to to almost wrap this up, right? But before yeah. we, but before we do, I want to throw one last thing at you because I feel like I feel like it's almost time, and we've we've had a good crack and a solid conversation. Mm. And I I feel like you know there's there's lots of good ideas shared. You know, maybe maybe a part of the secret is is to make choices coming from a place of love that reinforce your identity who you are and and those foundational ideologies that you believe in strongly. So I, I choose this because that's who I am. That's how I want to interact with the world. And that's important to me. That's how I want to contribute. And that's my place in the world. And that gives me a sense of confidence and purpose about who I am. Um, that's how I try to structure it in my head so that, and when I operate out of that space, of opening up my heart, making decisions because of I'm trying to be the best person that I can be. I never ever regret a single decision from from that space because I feel like yeah, yeah. I feel like I followed my my real gut, my real heart. Um, it came from a place of of again love, openness, um, genuine genuineness, authenticity, and that's beautiful and. Um, 
it's it's restating to the world. So I think if 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 anyone takes anything out of this, it's kind of like all of our thoughts and ideas that we spoke about, these thought patterns, it's like, well, I guess you can link that into like, who do I want to be? Right. And and how do I want to live? And are my thoughts helping me achieve that? And what thought patterns can I adopt that helps me achieve that? And what should I believe? You know, going back to the where I live, I live in Colombia. I live in the capital city, Bogota. And I, I said to myself today, I'm starting to really hate this city. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to hate it, but I'm going to love hating it. And I'm going to be, I'm going to play with it. I'm going to hate it, but I'm not really going to hate it. I'm going to love to hate it and just be, just, you know, criticize this place and, you know, make bad jokes and say it's, you know, Bogota is an ashtray, you know, and, and maybe make people laugh. But at the end of the day, still in my heart of hearts, you know, understand that this is a major capital city and it's chaotic and there's pollution, but there's a lot of beautiful things that happen here. Art, culture, music, and theater. And just at the moment, I haven't got the, the time to experience all that because I have other responsibilities, but it's not a, it's not, not by any means a bad place to live. Um, it's just, it's, it's a tough place to live. Right. So I think, think, yeah, like, why would I want to adopt a, a thought that's going to make it painful for me to get out of bed and, and breathe and, and exist in, in a, in a city. Right. So I don't know, maybe, maybe Jeff or that I can figure is that, um, a little bit of humor and lightheartedness and playfulness is not going to hurt you either. Right. Just in the sense. Absolutely. Of, yeah, just trying to have fun with it a little bit because, man, it's is it is it, is it meant to be serious? I don't think it is. Well, that you you strike a good point to kind of finish on, and I mean, you and I know each other pretty well, and um, yeah, I I think uh, a sense of playfulness about life is really important, and I think sometimes I have to temper your your um your real get up and go attitude with a with a, a softness of um of play and and infancy and and foolishness almost but yeah certainly for me moving into a better phase of my life um laughter and and a lack of seriousness has been such a blessing and and i think I, I remember having that in my twenties. I think I think that's something that can be eroded a little with the the uh, in, kind of imposed seriousness of your thirties and forties. But yeah, I've definitely found that playfulness and that lightness um, is tremendous. And you you literally have people laughing with you, or, or you know, not laughing, uh, yeah, laughing with you, and 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 also saying to you, you know, that's really funny. You know, that's that's a humorous anecdote and just i yeah i am a big fan of of um coming back to some some real simple values that are pretty innate in all of us and i think i think when we're kind of 5 years old you know cycling on our bike or whatever anyone did when they were 5 you were, everyone was pretty cool when they were 5 you know 4 or 5 just just digging the scene and and sometimes we get a little bit too far away from that. Um, so, yeah, that laughter and that joy and that kind of simplicity of the infancy, I think if we can, it sounds ridiculous for a serious person, you know. I'm married and got a mortgage and 
you know, you've, you're doing your thing. But there's always moments in the day where we can unseriousness it. And I think I think that's important. And um, yeah, Bogota might be tough, but you can also remind yourself you, you're not you're kind of in Nebraska where they've probably got, I don't know, five foot of snow on their front door right now. And there's always shit of... There's yeah. always shit of places to be, and and I can't comment. You know, I live on the east coast of Australia. The weather's pretty sweet. Um, sometimes it's too hot, you know, and, and there's fires. So, yeah, we all we all you know have to deal with something, you know, at, at some point, and it's how we respond to that. If your response wants to be fuck Bogota for the moment, and that's all right, but um. But I know you you secretly like it more than you'll 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 let on. But yeah, I think if I was, you know, talking to the, the listeners, really I guess we've spoken a lot about um habits and and some practices that can help you. And I think uh, implementation is really important. So for me, um to move into a better place, then I just developed some some really strong rituals, you know, which they help. Um, you know, once I kind of uh, got my mental health, you know, on track, and I won't even say back on track, I just advanced to a point that I was like, okay, you know, my days are good, you know, almost all the time. Um, and then it's so joyful to have that. Um, I'm not desperate to to hold on to them, but I'm also like, oh, how can I build on them? You know, what is working? And for me, it's, you know, 20, 30 minutes in the morning, um, you know, really connecting with, uh, with, the, with the body, you know, whether that be um, some stretching or some yoga or Tai Chi, whatever, whatever your thing is. Most people I say, you know, they say, geez, you're doing all right, you know. You're in a bit of a tough spot earlier. I, you know, give me three things that you do. And, and, you know, one of them is get up in the morning and you've heard, you know, we've, we've, everyone's heard it before, but spend 20 minutes with yourself um, with some intention, you know, have some volition about how that 20 minutes is going to be. It doesn't have to be perfect. People are like, I can't meditate because I'm not good at it. I don't know how many people really know, like, I don't know what good meditation looks like, you know. Am I doing it right? It's kind of a, an absurd scenario. But for me, it's, yeah, it's more, you know, Qi Gong or Tai Chi. It's 20 minutes just coming into the body, checking how I am, realising that I'm a day older and, you know, I've got a few few squeaks and, you know, a few few kinks in the body and, you know, and ironing them out 20 minutes good breathing, you know, getting the blood flowing and that that helps my mental health because it sets me up for the day, you know, and then if you can instill, you know, some level of kind of, I don't know, almost spiritual practice and that doesn't have to be religious, that can just be what you've spoken about, which is gratitude, you know. You can do that in traffic or you can do it, in the afternoon when you're walking your dog or you're having a cup of tea, you can actually just think of three things that fucking rocked your world that day. That's, that's pretty cool. And, you know, 
you get those two things going and then you say to yourself, you know, I want to be of service, you know, in this world. So, you know, you hug your wife and, and you say, is there anything you want me to do? Is there anything you want to talk about? You know, just a bit of openness there. Or you might, you know, walk across the road and give your neighbour, you know, um, a couple of apples or something just to say hello and, and ask how they are and, and you know, um, just an offering. Um, you can take that all the way out, you know, to doing whatever you want to do um, to be of service um, to people and, and and that'll come back to you in, you know, threefold. And I, and I think if we start to... If we start to, you know, examine how we think and, and see how that affects how we talk and how we behave, what our actions are, if we can improve on that, then we can really build. And, and by that, we can commit some time and energy to ourselves, even with a busy day. Most, you know, your phone will tell you how much you're, you're using it. Um, and, and some of it can be really constructive, but most people can find 20 minutes at the start and the end of their day. Um, and if and if there's a language in your mind that says you can't because you've got too much on, and some people have got more shit on than I have, and some people have got less, um, but there are people that have got a lot on that find 20 minutes. My mate who was a triathlete used to say, there are there are no excuses, you just wake up earlier. Um, but sleep's really important. Uh, I, I have a high value and respect for sleep, but he was pretty determined and that, that expression kind of summarised that. But I'd, I'd only suggest to anyone listening um, that, you, yeah, you try and find that time. And it can actually, I, I, I used to start with five minutes. I wasn't even in a great place, but, I mean, I had time, but I had no inclination. I had no volition, but I was like, well, I'm I'm just going to do this and I don't expect an outcome. But when you start seeing some outcomes, seeing some improvement, yeah, five minutes at the start of the day, five minutes at the end of the day, whatever these rituals and habits are, they're imperative for you to invest in yourself because that's, um, that's going to help you. And um, if you have that, you know, kind of married into um, better observations of your of your thought processes and, and and having the courage to challenge your thoughts uh, and the origins of them then then you're well on your way that's man if you want to talk about you and i talking to our 20 25 year old selves and like we say you know sometimes you're not ready for the the teacher the student's not ready but yeah if i could have a quiet beer with my you know my 20 year old self i'd be like brother these these are a couple of things that are going to serve you really well and don't you don't even have to do them now you got youth on your side but you know maybe when you when you plunge into your 30s there's a time when you want to just invest a little bit into yourself and and understanding yourself a bit better and and when shit comes up that you don't like you know that's okay you can you can let that go you can you can just just know that you're not perfect and and that's that's fucking fine as well um but yeah that's that's really what i'd be kind of imploring people to um to think about just just investing a little bit of time uh in themselves in, in a 
kind of a constructive way and and just watch watch what happens you know it'll it'll serve you well yeah that's really cool and we didn't really talk a lot about rituals up until this point and maybe that's something we could definitely play with a little bit more maybe at the next one because you know, that's important it's just your thinking patterns and you know creating your reality and then creating you know creating what you do right like you said your actions uh you think you you think it turns into actions and it becomes who you are and uh mm. yeah that's i think that's a i don't want to say it's a, a great way to finish up but i think it's like if anything it's a, it's a it's another thing i think to think about that maybe we can we can open up a little bit later yeah which is pretty cool yeah yeah absolutely and you know it's it's been great you know being able to hash out a few ideas and there's always more to talk about but as i've mentioned to you um the action part's really important um certainly for me uh it's helped and i think um yeah i think uh, once we establish you know intellectually that, that something has merit um i think we have a bit of a responsibility to be like i gotta give this a go and you know you, you rarely see someone who does yoga you know who doesn't have some radiance to them so it passes the pub test we know it does it, it passes the logic test where you're like i'm pretty sure that that's good for people that's i'm pretty sure that would be good for me whatever that is well yeah um, and then there's there's and i think that's a good lens to look at things is that is what that person doing positive for that overall individual do i want to be like that right or do yeah. i not want to be like that <laughs> and then how can i avoid that right i think that's a great it's a really simple nice easy lens to to know that there are there are thoughts and ideas and actions that end up uh do, you know if you embrace them making you a better all-rounded or happier person and there are thoughts and ideologies and thinking patterns that you know that can make you more of a um more of a negative person and it's it's we we see this stuff and it's it's um it's very very evident so yeah yeah i think uh if you don't know where to start kind of you know and i certainly didn't a decade ago just steal and plagiarize off people that are you know are doing well they're kicking ass and 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 people that you respect you know and that that doesn't have to be you know reading a tony robbins book that might be your neighbor who's like man you know you you look good and they're like yeah i swim i swim 50 laps you know every second morning you're like oh, just how their shoulders sit posture's good you know they're kicking ass or, or it might be that person that you know you know goes to a book club Wednesday nights and, and talks intellectually and, and and connects with people. You can just steal and plagiarize off people that are, are doing well. If if you want to, you know, push yourself up another another cog. Um yeah, and, and the doing's important. We we've had a good chat and you know my thoughts as far as I think you guys are you and John are your teachers and I think you have a great natural inclination to to articulate and, and and to spread some wisdom which is a lovely thing we all benefit from that um 
but the 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 yin to the yang with with conversation is 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 in the action and that's where yeah it's going to be hopefully a nice segue you know habits rituals um that that afford you a better quality of life and let's look at the habits and rituals that um that, that perhaps um erode our our quality of life that's that's certainly what you and I have spoken about um being of, of real interest to us and it's 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 such a practical thing for people to implement into their lives but yeah today's been fun man as always you know we've traversed the the uh the Appalachian ranges and um, and, the, and the ideologies of of life yeah 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 it's um it's always nice man um I agree man yeah. it's always it's always good to talk to you and I'm glad to record something with you finally and and be able to share that knowledge uh to other people that might find it of interest and and benefit from it and then uh next time i hope that john's here and we can we can have a, a three-way chat john's always got greater insight and a different perspective to offer and uh yeah man so great thanks for being here jeff well jd mate it's, it's, you got it and uh yeah thanks for um thanks for having me uh in this space man and and yeah uh, big props to to john as well can't wait to uh get in the mix with you two guys you you you've tabled some really good stuff and and I've learned a bit along the way and yeah yeah much much love and respect to to anyone listening you know and that's that's an important thing for us all to to really to be kind to ourselves it's a bit of a cliche but yeah um these conversations we have you know they foster you know, some love and respect between you and I which is ongoing and we're certainly um we're in a better place than when we met you know some kind of 15 20 years ago and i thank you for uh for giving me the the opportunity yeah man you're welcome always great to chat with you mate. Likewise. It's always, yeah it's always great to chat and you know i always learn a few things along the way as well so um sometimes even just articulating ideas just helps bring it out to the light kind of and to, it's, it's just good to examine them and and feel them and and you know it gives us another another lens to hopefully make not too many bad decisions right and make good decisions and uh, and move forward and grow and maybe even yeah. one day you know get good at dancing who knows that's it there's always hope man hope springs eternal yes i'd like to think so all right buddy take care cheers bro you too ta-da